Welcome to the Startup Conviction Podcast, where I interview early stage founders about their startup's value proposition and the strength of their conviction. I'm your host, Darian Parrish, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. We have Austin, the founder of Shaka Sports. Austin, thank you so much for joining. Could you tell the listeners what Shaka Sports is and why you decided to start the company? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Shaka Sports is a mobile app that lets uh, youth sports teams broadcast and share their uh, full game content. I like that. Very succinct. So what got you really interested about this? Is it a uh, was there a lack in the market? You know, youth sports couldn't share as it is on other media channels. Uh, how did you see the problem? And then what made you decide it was big enough of a problem to want to solve? Yeah, but, well, that's definitely the problem. There, there is a problem with the lack of content, uh, something that I experienced uh, firsthand. As a youth baseball athlete, I was always trying to get my hands on pictures or videos, and it was very, very limited. Um, you know, we'd have maybe one or two games at most on the season that was televised. And that would be the only way for us to have any sort of digital content. Um, and ultimately, you know, this, this is not a new problem, um, but it is a new opportunity that we see coming, uh, stemming from the intersection of the youth sports market and a video streaming market. And when two markets collide, there's new market, a new market opportunity that, that, that comes from that. And so that is the wave that we are riding. Um, and uh, sort of the, the why now timing, you know, both these markets are primed to explode. The e-sports is expected to go from 19 to 76 billion in uh, five years. And the video streaming market is expected to go from 50 to 150 billion in the next five years. Um, but a layer on top of that, you know, this is something that was also accelerated by COVID, uh, you know, in a time where parents were unable to attend the game, uh, video streaming options became the only option for watching games. And so, this was uh, sort of uh, um, for better, you know, we, we had founded the company in 2019 and sort of had this hypothesis and this vision uh, and for better or worse, it happened and it happened really fast and happened really big. And so now we're just trying to make sure that we stay on top of it and can take full advantage of it. Great. And I think, you, you know, you mentioned the esports market. Uh, I'm not an expert there, but to my understanding, that's, that's generally a video game type of sports and competition. How do you how do you view this as, you know, being part of that category, given that it's, uh, you know, in-person sports that are being broadcasted and not necessarily played online? Yeah, I, I think the youth sports, based on our research, is considered as uh, in-person sports. Um, the typical basketball, football, soccer, volleyball, baseball, so um, softball. Um, so, so it's not not in the esports category, um, but, but more in-person. Got it. And... What, how do you monetize this? Because I, I think there's a lot of really cool projects and in, um, you know, useful tools that can be built that often are very challenging to monetize. Do you think this is something that uh, you have a clear vision on um, to monetization or is it something you're trying to figure out as you go? Yeah, I understand that a lot of similar platforms and in other industries are having a hard time monetizing content. Um, and something that we noticed in the, in the history, or just in the history of content monetization, sports content generally has been the easiest to monetize. Um, and so the way we plan on monetizing it um, is for full game content, we will include a paywall. So parents would have to, parents or fans would have to pay a pay-per-view or paid subscription and it'd be a relatively small cost. Um, there was some concerns uh, when we initially started the project with uh, the, the worry of people not wanting to pay for it, but we found out that after doing some market research and interviews, um, those, those concerns are people who don't quite understand this crazy sports parents market. And after talking to some of them, um, they were much, they're basically like, yeah, dude, we'll totally pay a dollar uh, to watch my kid play. Like that's a no brainer, you know? Um, 
And so uh, that's, that's one way you monetize. Another way and something that we've seen work in the industry is through sponsorships. So uh, I believe Kellogg's Frosted Flakes sponsors the Little League World, Little League World Series. And that's something that we can definitely incorporate into our platform, um, as well as we're working on a exciting new social engagement platform in the app that allows players or users to clip highlights and then engage, post and go viral. And so with that, you know, we create a TikTok slash YouTube slash Instagram scrolling type of feed that we can monetize through digital ads. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. I, I think cu- content curation is, in my view, where the value is because everyone's time is, is pretty much their most valuable asset and um, curation helps them find the highlights or the interesting uh, parts quickly. So I think that's that's quite a, an interesting new new angle you're working on. Let's talk about the core product, though, and, and how a parent would use this because uh, there's definitely, uh, I've seen parents at sports games that are uh, quite enthusiastic and wouldn't want to miss a game. Do they use Shaka Sports uh, to watch the broadcast because they can't make it to the game? Or is this something where they want to watch it afterwards, see it again, share it with others? Um, those are both uh, use cases that we're going after. Um, you know, there, there's the obvious one where parents are busy, maybe they're at work, they can't watch it, so they can watch it on an application. Um, there's, I mean, I, I think the replays, uh, would be more for athletes, right? Athletes want to watch athletes or coaches or even family members want to watch a replay of it. Um, so, 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 so the game would be archived and available for after, uh, which would be a strong use case as well. Uh, but, but another, another strong use, use case for live streams would be, let's say grandparents who maybe are in, in care homes or far away or family members who are out of the States. Um, the, those are all pretty strong use cases that we see, uh, uh users watching full games for. Great. And uh, I noticed that we can, on your website, you can download uh, the app from the Apple App Store. Uh, Why not have this as, you know, web-based service as well? Uh, Why does it have to be particular to uh, mobile? Is there, you know, maybe I want to watch it on the big screen. How do I do that? Yeah, we will definitely include some mobile or some, some desktop and full screen viewing options in the future. Uh, The reason why we specifically chose mobile is so that we can get the broadcasting aspect into it. The, The web app would most likely be not powerful enough to be able to upload and record those footage. So we went down the mobile app route. Um, yeah. Got it. And uh, when you think about competing against, uh, you know, who, well, actually, who else is out there in the space? You, we know there's a lot in broadcast, but like as far as who you would consider a direct competitor, do you have direct competitors? And if not, who, who are the biggest in, indirect competitors that uh, are something you're keeping your eye on? Yeah, one of the biggest indirect competitor is Facebook and Instagram Live or YouTube Live. Um, and we sort of view those as good solutions during COVID, but uh, will fall short in relevancy post-COVID, uh, mostly due to the fact that there are specific uh, niche features specifically to enhance the game viewing experience of sports games um, that we plan on integrating that uh, we know they probably will not because it's not their niche. Um, some of the more direct competitors in- include the NFHS network or Game Changer or even Overtime TV. Uh, and I'd be happy to give a little more in-depth analysis, but uh, um, high-level um, high level reasoning for beating them is, is will be better in three very core aspects, which is fostering connection, engaging communities, and providing opportunities. And, and those are the three things that we focus on building our product around that we believe will surpass us and upkeep a competitive advantage. And where, where is the product at the moment in terms of life cycle? Do you, you have the mobile app? What's next? Yeah, so we, uh, the mobile app 
is on the Apple Store that's and, and it's capable of broadcasting and viewing games. Um, and so that was our version that we tested during a beta, um, during a COVID shortened season for three weeks, which we gathered over uh, around 300 users, um, 28 hours of video uploaded and 186 hours of video watched on our application. Um, so that's where it is now. Um, the, the next steps include uh, integrating that social engagement platform where uh, about halfway done with that. Um, and, and then we're working on integrating the, the paywall along with profit sharing for broadcasters. So when a broadcaster uh, streams a game, um, they, if they solicit X amount of views then they will um, uh, receive some sort of profit sharing from us, which motivates them to one, spread our application to more users, right? Because users have to download our application to uh, watch the game. So kind of sort of a win, win, win for everybody here. Um, but that this those, those new product features will ultimately lead us to a full product launch at the end of the year, where we would where we would have a full product in the market, both on iOS and Android, as well as um, being post revenue. That sounds great. And uh, let's let's zoom in on your startup conviction here, and and let's let's maybe ask a question on how do you feel about the chances of success or large success um, or opportunity ahead. Uh, now versus when you started the company, ha has that changed? You know, to the upside, or uh, have have you been sort of surprised by the challenges? Yeah, um, hmm. I guess like anything, there's been a lot of ups and downs, um, and I am very optimistically biased towards this startup. Um, but with that being said, the the way the market has has moved in our favor has been one of the biggest surprises. One of the biggest amaze, amaze uh, things that amazes me, and ultimately one of the sort of like best problems to have, right? Like there's so much demand, we just have to produce the supply. Um, that that I would say has been the biggest surprise is, is how fast and how big this market has moved and is moving and will continue to move. Um, it's it's one of those situations where I think you can sort of dream of being in, <laughs> where people are scrambling for a solution like yours. That's something that we saw when 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 sports returned. Um, so, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been quite the ride and I expect it to continue to be full of ups and downs and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Ha having too much demand, uh, often sounds like a great problem and it, it almost always is, but it, it can be, uh, a bad problem if you don't get the supply online fast enough. So let's talk about that. What are you doing to, um, you know, work faster with the team, grow the team, uh, pour fuel on the fire. Let, let's hear about what you're doing to make sure you get there first. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, that that's the reason why we're looking to raise some money, uh, which can accelerate the product development and get the product ready for launch. And then we can uh, focus on growth and scale. And so, you know, that's something that I've been working on for the past couple of months. Um, of course, uh, everything takes longer than you think, but uh, we got the first wire in yesterday. So that's money is going to be immediately used to providing value and uh, allowing us to, to run and, and move faster. Um, yeah. Any, any, um, anything else that you think is noteworthy for listeners uh, to know about Shaka sports before we sign off? Mm. I, I think something noteworthy is that there's been a lot of opportunity that has come to me that I that I haven't had to to outreach for, um, and and a couple of those have been international opportunities. So it always surprises me. I get emails from people across the country being like, "Hey, I really like this idea. Can I use it for this?" You know, and of course, talks are still preliminary, but I think that shows 
that we're onto something by the fact that people are reaching out, asking to use this. And of course we do no marketing, uh, no SEO. Like I'm sure you saw our website. It's a very basic landing page. Um, and all any of our users have come directly from our network. Um, and so the fact that we're already starting to get interest uh, really kind of plays into that conviction of, of why I think this is going to be so big. That's great. Well, congratulations on the demand you've drummed up so far and what you've built and, uh, Definitely wishing the best for Shaka Sports. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. We, we had Austin, the founder of Shaka Sports. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one.